Welcome to the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast, where our goal is to connect listeners to the great outdoors with hosts Brian Hoffmeyer and Ben Brandell. I'm host Ben Brandell, owner of Meant to Be Outdoors, instructor of outdoor skills, and passionate about personal growth. I'm host Brian Hoffmeyer, wildlife biologist and avid outdoorsman. Welcome back to the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast. I'm your host Brian with my co-host Ben Brandell, and welcome to the first Teaching Tuesday episode. Today we are going to be teaching about truth, and we're going to be teaching about science, and why those relate to evolution and creation. This is going to be the first episode of a creation versus evolution series, but before we dive in, we need to give thanks. It's 2023, that's what I'm thankful for. New year, fresh start, get to do it with my best friend Brian, can't wait for that, can't wait to see what the year holds, so truly thankful for what we're going to call a... I'm going to call reset, right? Mm-hmm. We, we've we kind of completed some um, chapters uh, with Meant to Be Outdoors, and we're starting something new for the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast, and um, looking forward to these different series that uh, we're preparing and planning for right now. Yeah, I'm looking so forward to this. What I am thankful for today is our ability to remember, to have memory, and the reason I'm particularly uh, thankful for that today is in life, everybody even Christians, people that are devout, more de- devout and faithful and understanding of God than, than I will ever be, we go through peaks and valleys in life. Sometimes it's throughout the day. But all we have to do is stop for a moment and look back at a memory of what God has done, whether it was today, this week, or a month or a year ago. All we have to do is look back at what He's done, and boy, that changes our perspective and really gives us, reminds us of the hope and the promises that He has. And, and bam, you can, you can change that valley to a peak just like that in a moment's time, just with a memory. So I'm thankful for memory today. It's good. Really good. So let's dive into this this idea of, of truth. And we've heard so many times through this pandemic and over the last couple of years, science says, the science says, and really that was an uh, effort to portray truth. Mm-hmm. People could have been saying, well, the truth is, the truth is, science says, the truth says, so what I want to ask, Ben, is science truth? That's what we really want to address today. What, what, what is your first reaction to that question, is science truth? I want to give you a little history about me. Yeah. Growing up, didn't know the difference between what's being taught in schools and science and what's being taught in some of the church, private school sciences. Didn't even know there were differences growing up. Um, but down deep in my soul, what I was getting in... Really, what I remember in fifth grade, fifth grade, all the way up through college, deep down in my soul, what I was being taught didn't feel right. Just didn't feel right. Because the questions that I had for most of my professors and teachers, they had no answers. And because they had no answers, they're telling me that science is truth, but they couldn't tell me the truth. That's what started my search. Right. Right. So digging in a little deeper, what I found to be truth is Jesus Christ. Right. And that's all I have to say. That That is all that, that we have to say that is truth is Jesus Christ as the creator. Nothing more needs to be said and we can stop the podcast right now. But we want to dive in and we want to explain it. And that's what has helped me um, mature is really growing and moving closer in the truth. Mm-hmm. So that's what I want to tell everybody listening today that God and science work hand in hand because God created 
science. Right. They're not exclusive. They're not either. exclusive. Yeah. Today we 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 do that today. Our culture does that. We well, make them exclusive. Yeah. I mean, today people put uh, treat science as their god, as mm-hmm. a god. Science is not God. God created science. Yeah, science is of God. Science is of God. God created science. It's a tool for us to use mm-hmm. to discover and learn more about Him and His creation. Yeah, you know, the reason we're even starting with this is our, our first topic in this series of creation versus evolution is it's really been made a science issue. You know, I... I have been a Christian since I was 17 years old, it's 2005, and I went on to study science at mm-hmm. a, a public state university, that is where I got my biology degree from, and I was required, no questions asked, to take a full evolution course, a full semester evolution course to get that degree. I didn't take a creation course, right? So it was being taught as truth. Evolution is being taught as truth in a science, it's made out that way, so creation versus science really is a question or a debate of which is true, mm-hmm. which is true. Mm-hmm. And it is so important because what you believe about your origin changes your view of the world. It changes Everything your worldview. Everything else. And I want to add to what Brian said. If you're listening, you may have, you may be in the, in the camp of, you know what, I'm going to blend both together. I'm going to say that... One did the other, and they can live equally. Well, there's a lot of untruth in that as well. <sighs> so that's why we want to really share the truth. We want to share truth. Right. So let's look at this idea that science is truth. You know, it's one of those words that when we hear it, we we accept it almost as truth, and people use it almost in their in their the to replace truth, you know, thinking back during the pandemic, um, one thing I heard all the time that science said, science says that the masks will stop the spread. Science says, wear a mask, it doesn't want kind of mask, wear a face covering. We stopped even calling a mask, it was wear a face covering. And science also shows us the molecular size of this virus that we're fighting. Science also shows us the molecular size that every kind of mask you could possibly think of to put on, that it stops, right? Right. So once we came to this point of accepting every mask and every face covering, whether it was just a flap covering a beard, we quit accepting science. We quit accepting the truth of science. And my point I want to say to that is the N95s, the science says we can look and use science because it is a tool that God has given us to show that it will stop the size of virus that we needed to stop. But once we started using surgical masks and, and T-shirts cut into squares with straps on them, we were no longer respecting the science. We, we threw the truth of the science out the window, but we were still saying science says. So my point of that is that science can be true. There are truths in science, mm-hmm. but not all science is true. And so... Showing that science can be true and untrue really is a perfect example that science is not the truth. But I want to elaborate on that science is a tool of God. If you read through the Bible, which is truth, it's it's every word in the Bible is true. God is true. He is truth. So as we read through this to find truth and to find answers, you are not going to find 
how a plant grows. You're not going to find that sunlight, carbon dioxide, water, and nutrient that they can make sugar and that a plant can grow. You're not going to find that in here. But God gave humans the ability to obtain knowledge. And that's what science is. Science is knowledge. But it can be wrong. So there is truth in science. We do have the ability to go out and find and study. And we should. But we can't rest on it like it's the solid rock foundation. And an example of that I want to give when I was studying in undergrad, nomenclature was a big thing, which which means naming. The naming conventions and naming processes of, of woody plants, of uh, mammals, of birds, reptiles, amphibians. We, we had to learn all these names and, and their scientific names. What was so frustrating was we'd learn it one semester, and then science would teach us something new about this particular, I'll say, a lizard. And so two semesters later, this lizard was now regrouped and its naming convention was completely changed. So what was truth two semesters ago is no longer truth today. And that is where science can be so dangerous if we are just accepting it as true all the time. Because it does change and truth does not change. Truth is unchanging. So science plays a role in obtaining knowledge and leading us towards truth, but it is not truth. I hope I explained that well. That is kind of a tough thing to explain. There are many other areas outside of science that we as humans and, and our cultures across the world that we we find truth in and we accept truth in, but there is error laden in that just like there is science. And one of those ways is we start to believe and accept truth based on what everybody else believes. Mm -hmm. If everybody believes it, we all of a sudden say, well, it must be true. But there is error in that. And one of the perfect examples of that is Hippocrates, who was a, a Greek physician who is pretty much said to be the, the father of modern medicine. He developed the doctrine of humors, and humors are liquids. So he basically said we have four liquids inside of our body. They're ones der derived of the liver, one of the brain, one of the spleen, one of the heart. So you had I think it was blood, black bile, I can't even remember what all four they were, but four different colors and four liquids. And he said that based on the proportion of each of those liquids in our body, that basically made us who we were. That made us the mood that we were in, that made us how we acted, the skills and passions that we had, what was wrong with us, what wasn't wrong with us, based on the proportions of these liquid. And that became what every educated person in, in Hippocrates' time believed. That became truth. And if you're listening to me say that today, you are thinking, wow, that is ridiculous because science has taught us so much more about what makes us healthy, what makes us feel the way we feel, what makes us feel good, what makes us feel bad. Science has taught us so much more than that. But just because everyone of wealth and everyone of education believed it during that time people were accepting that of truth we have to be so careful just to say everyone believes it it must be true yeah another example that's happening today is we call it the rules of grammar well even spelling um but it's really anything that is man-made and man-governed mm -hmm. so because those things change you've talked about examples of where it has changed mm -hmm. so in the moment we all believe that we believe that to be true but it has changed so everybody believes and the next area that we can kind of get messed up and make error in, in establishing truth are hunches. So if we make a hunch and it works, we all of a sudden say, well, that must have been right. That must have been the right way to do it because it came out with the right result. But you may do it 10 times and get the right result, and the 11th time you don't. Well, now all of a sudden it's not truth anymore and your hunch was wrong. And 
kind of a, a silly example of that is when I was in high school, my least favorite subject was math. And that's probably because I had to work the hardest at it. You know, I, I, I wasn't terrible at it. I actually did pretty well. But my math teacher would get so frustrated with me because it was really just, why, why don't you put in more effort? And that was because I would turn in my paper uh-huh. and I'd have some right answers, but I wouldn't show or do all my work. And to be honest with you, I was able to find the right answer, maybe sometimes by luck or off of a hunch, but I didn't really know the right work to do. So I could have said every single time, well, I must be doing this the right way because I'm getting the right answers. But she's going to say, well, no, you're not. Your work isn't here. You aren't doing the same thing over and over again. This is not the truth. This is not how you do it. And so I had a hunch that was working, but then I could go do that on the test and I would get the answer wrong because I wasn't doing the problem correctly. I was just guessing my way through it. I see this one a lot when, actually in kiddos, like I found that as a father, sometimes as a coach, when we're teaching kids things, we'll be like, this is the correct way to do it. This is how you need to do it. And they'll do it their own way and they'll still make the shot. They'll still, they're able to still hit the ball and they kind of look at you like, huh, (laughs) it worked, dad. You know, like, but I'm like, but that's not, the right way son right but it's it worked for them it was a hunt it just it happened to work out right in that moment results kind of give us this hunch but again at at some point it's it's going to be wrong and then it's no longer truth then your hunch is wrong so we have to be careful that just because something works does not necessarily make it truth and then the next area of of truth that we collect a lot of times in, in our world is through observations but there can be air in this because we may observe the same thing over and over and over and over again in the second you observe an outlier, now everything you observed is no longer true. And and that's kind of goes back to this the example I used about changing the naming of animals. We may have observed that this animal uh, lived in the same habitat, so then we assume that it ate the same food, but then all of a sudden we observed it eat something else. Well, now it no longer fits into the other group because it ate something the other group would no longer eat. So our observations can lead us into truth, but as soon as we make one that isn't the same as the previous 100 we made, now now truth is gone. It's out the window because there is an outlier. And it just takes one outlier. It doesn't matter how big your focus group is. If it's 100 billion, the second you have one outlier out of that observation group, it's no longer truth. Right. That's good. And the other side of that is... We we know truths like gravity, like that is a law that is you have to live by it whether you choose to or not. So if I drop my coffee cup 10 times in a row, it's going to fall every time and you're going to observe that. Well, then I bring in a magician and he levitates 10 times in a row. That that observation is not going to change the truth because you're living it. It's a law that we're living out. So observation isn't concrete. We can observe something that we know isn't true and it doesn't change it doesn't change our belief of what of what we think truth is. Um, so observation is not a rock-solid place to derive truth. The next place, and, and this, you know, this this was a tough spot for me because one of the reasons that I, um, I latched on to science, I'll say I really latched on to science in high school where I started taking more science classes than everybody else and taking the more difficult ones. So when I really latched onto it, it was because of logic. There was mm-hmm. a line of logic to right. follow. Right. And I wanted things to make sense. And that's really what logic means is that things they make sense. And it it does constitute truth to people because you can see it. It's tangible. 
So a definition of logic would be the study of correct and incorrect reasonings. So we're looking for correct reasonings. Right. Um, you know, many people have said and are sharing that this is a lost skill. This is something that when you and I have sat down and looked at what is logic and really digging in, whew, we have lost the art of logic. Yeah, there's really two kinds of logic or, or reasoning. You have inductive reasoning and deductive reasoning. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and inductive is really kind of going back to the observations. You're making a, a, a set number of you're observing the same fact over and over again, and you then you make a conclusion because of those observations. But to show an example of, of how that can be wrong, you you could literally say every feathered animal flies because every bird I've ever seen flies. But then the second that you see an ostrich, it's a feathered animal and it doesn't fly. Now that inductive reasoning is false. So you could draw some truth from saying, well, I've seen a hundred different types of birds. They all have feathers and they all fly. And the conclusion you could draw would be that every feathered thing flies. But the second that you see a penguin or an ostrich that has feathers and doesn't fly, now your inductive reasoning led you to an untruth. So inductive reasoning often leads to the statement of a scientific principle that is true in all or most cases. That's what we're describing here. In deductive reasoning, that begins with the premise assumed to be true and draws conclusions about particulars. So what I want to add into that is Brian's talking about we understand gravity, we know the laws of gravity, so when you drop something from a height, you're going to see that it falls to the ground. As we observe and look outside, we can see that there are objects that are defying that, which is a bird. It's it's flying. It's flying. So as we make those observations, we see, oh, it's flying and it has feathers. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> then we can start putting together, oh, because they have feathers, they can fly. You will look at ourselves. We don't have feathers. We flap. We can't fly. On the deductive side, though, when you're making your major premise, if we were to say that all feathered creatures can fly, this is where we have to be careful because then if we make an observation like you talked about, the ostrich or the penguin, now there's no more truth in that because right. we know that ostriches and penguins cannot fly. Right. Yeah, and that, that would be the deductive reasoning. Another example of that would say that men, me and you, we're all mortal. So I'll, we'll say that men are mortal. Ben, you're a man. Thank you. Man, Ben is mortal. Right. Well, that, that led me to truth, right? Mm-hmm. So... You can see how that you can get this air of making, it's going to lead you to truth a lot of times. But again, one outlier, and now your deductive reasoning or your inductive reasoning is no longer a correct way to lead you to truth. They are parts of science that are useful in helping us discover truths, but it has to, I'll say, done with a grain of salt and cannot be accepted fully as truth every single time. The next area that we love to accept truth and I'll be very honest, this one is running absolutely rampant in our culture. You can't turn on the TV and not see it. You can't get on social media and not hear somebody uttering it. And it's really because of this belief in self and this pushing away of God that, that this is so rampant in today's culture. And that is finding truth in what you believe in. Finding truth in, in what you have faith. And that really is the idea that, well, if I believe it or if I don't believe it, then it's either true or not true. But what we believe cannot change reality. Reality is reality for everyone, despite what you believe. And an example that may be a little far-fetched, but it, 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 I want to use it because it's impactful. Ben, <clears throat> if in your heart you believe murder is okay, 
and you go murder someone, and then you go before the judge and say, well, judge, I know you're about to put me in prison for life, but let me tell you, I don't believe murder's wrong, so you got to let me go. What's well, he going to do? Well, the judge is going to laugh. He's going to laugh in your face. Even if I stood before in front of the judge and said, judge, I am so sorry for what I did, mm-hmm. he's going to be like, you better be. Right. You should be, and you still have to pay. Right. Because there's consequences for that. No matter what you believe, there's still consequences because there is a truth. Right. So there, there is there is truth, uh, what I want to say. And what we are highlighting right now is all these areas that we tend to drive truth from but are aired in, in, in finding truth because they aren't truth. They're, all the time. They aren't truth all the time. There's air in them. Right. So... And uh, Ben, you have a really good example of this as well, and I want you to play that for everybody. This was something that went viral. I want to say it originated on YouTube, and it's a children's toy, and you may have heard it. This children's toy has a recording inside of it, and when it plays, people hear different things. There's, you either are going to hear Brainstorm, or you're going to hear Green Needle, and I want you to play it twice, Ben, and whatever you're thinking is what you're going to hear. So when we play it the first time, I want you to either be thinking Brainstorm or Green Needle. And then the second time we play it, I want you to think the opposite of what you think the first time, and you're going to hear two different things. And then we're going to reveal to you what is truly being said. So... I'm guessing that whatever you were thinking is what you heard each time that we played it, because that's what worked for us, and that's what most people, uh, is what happens to most people, but there is a truth what is actually said. So this is from a children's uh, story, and the, the story is that this kid could change into aliens, basically, and one of the aliens was Brainstorm. Brainstorm. Mm-hmm. So this, this toy that they put out with the recording in it, when you press the button, it is saying brainstorm and that is truth so whether we think or whether you can only hear green needle or not it is not the truth because what was actually said was brainstorm so it doesn't matter you could hear green needle ten thousand times and be so so full of belief and so full of faith that green needle is what is said because you heard it because you heard it it doesn't change the reality that brainstorm is the truth of what was said right there is a absolute truth. there is an absolute truth Mm -hmm. and and that's true of of everything there is an absolute truth and that absolute truth is god god's word and god himself um, and his holy spirit is is the spirit of truth and so we can't live in this culture we cannot continue to live in this culture we can't continue as christians to accept this culture and let people say that well what i believe is true just because i believe it that that is faulty logic that is faulty thinking and it will lead people to eternity in hell and my goodness, there is no sadder thing to think about. So when you hear somebody say, I choose not to believe that, well, if they don't believe in hell, it doesn't matter. It, it's still a real place. If they want to say, I don't believe in God, it doesn't matter. God is still real. He's still the truth. I don't believe in heaven. It doesn't matter. You're still going to be faced with judgment whether you believe it or not. If you don't believe in murder, you're still going to go stand before a judge and be judged based on your actions. Uh, and, and that is truth. So our beliefs cannot change that. And I think I can't stress that enough because it is running rampant in our culture. And it is sad because people will go to be hell, go to hell because of that belief. You know, we can see that when we separate God from everything we do, it's damaging, really damaging. 
and and that's where we're at. You know, we we separate God out of science. We separate God out of schools. We separate God out of our home. We can see the damage. Because lastly, where we derive our truth from is the Word of God. That is where we that's where it comes from. Because you just said it's absolute truth. Mm-hmm. And I do want to read a, a little bit of scripture here. So the first that I want to look at is is what is truth. So I turn to the Bible and we can look at Pontius Pilate. Old Mister Pilate says to Jesus, "What is truth?" And that's after Jesus says this, and this is... Oh, the irony. John eighteen thirty seven says, Then Pilate said to him, So are you a king? Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For the purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Mm-hmm. Then Pilate said to him, What is truth? Pilate is looking at truth in the face, right? That blows my mind. Then I want to flip over real quick to uh, chapter yeah, he's 14. staring at truth. Truth incarnate. Yeah. Truth in human form standing in front of him and he's asking what truth is. What truth is. This is, uh, this is chapter 14, verse 6. Same book of John. It says, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Mm-hmm. Because Jesus is truth. We see it. His word says it. Whether we believe it or not, it is still truth. Correct. And we derive our truth from God, the creator. Absolutely. And it is also true that... We must accept the truth of the Bible, that it is the truth, that God is the truth, that we have to accept that by faith. But where so many people, and I've been accused of this so many times, and, and many Christians probably have, is that, well, that's a blind faith. That's a blind faith. That's a blind faith the same way that, that you believe in, that, that anybody has any beliefs in anything. It's a, it's a blind faith. You can't prove it. You can't see it. And I want to challenge that with, the physical and natural world, the outdoors, nature, why we, why Ben and I are who we are, why we are meant to be outdoors, why I became a biologist, it testifies to the truth, to Jesus Christ, to God, his Father, the Creator, to this book, the wonderful Bible, that yeah. every word in it is true, and, and, and God breathed, and God uttered. It, it testifies, testifies to, to the power of God. Absolutely. And and that is why I love science so much. So I don't want you to, to listen to this and say, well, why did you become... Why did you get a, a degree in two different science disciplines if science isn't true? I love science because it reveals so much more about our Creator, so much more about His creation. We are His creation. Yeah. We are part of it. So as we go out, as doctors study humans, as we go out and study how trees grow and how different plants work and how the relationship between all these animals and plants go together, it is the most beautiful, intricate work of art in the history of the world, yet we are so, I'm going to say numb to it. We just see it every day, and ah, it's really not that great. But when you study it, when you use science to study it, it reveals its complexities and how amazing it is that works. You know, Ben, I could show you, uh, we'll say the Mona Lisa. Have you ever met the artist who painted the Mona Lisa? I haven't met Mona or her artist, no. (laughs) So would you say that if I said that painting just happened on that wall, would you believe me? That it just happened? It just happened. Oh, it's of course just there. not. You, no. you still believe, even though you haven't met the artist, that that person existed, right? Right. So that piece of art is nothing 
It is absolutely nothing compared to our natural world. It's nothing compared to us. One single strand of our human DNA has over 500,000 pieces of information. One single strand. That doesn't even come close to your whole body that's put together to work the way it does. Yet, we want to discount and say that, oh, maybe it just happened. No, it's a work of art. Science is a way to study it and to appreciate it and to point to the truth of creation and to point to the truth of Scripture and to point to the truth of a sovereign Savior. Yeah, I want to add that you know, we do we do use observation. We talked about that. And accurate observations of the world is, has helped us really support the truth of the Bible. I mean, you can check out Psalms 1911, or no, 19.1 if you want to. But honestly, Brian, the historical accuracy and honestly all the fulfilled uh, prophecies that we've had through the Bible gives us this, well, it testifies to the truth, and we've been talking about truth. Mm-hmm. So we can even look back in history and see the prophecies, see that they've been fulfilled. That is truth. Where else does that happen? We also, the Bible tells us that there are, there is more to come, and it hasn't been fulfilled yet. And we must believe that to be truth as well. Yeah, but 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 that again, that isn't a blind faith. So I hope that you are gaining an understanding and maybe even a wariness of some of these areas that you've picked up truth and and maybe are feeling convicted or inspired to turn to the truth, the truth of the Bible, the truth of God. And we hope that through this series that we really um, help you guys gain an understanding of creation and, and why we can defend it and how we can defend it. And, and people say we can't prove it, but we are going to prove it through this series Um, And we hope that you'll stick around for that. If you enjoy what we're doing here with the Men to Be Outdoors podcast, if you are excited about the series and what we're going to be doing in 2023, we ask that you support us. And some ways that you can do that, one, whatever platform that you're listening on, hit the automatic download and subscribe button so you're getting every episode. Please tell other people about us. We would love more reviews on iTunes. We had some come in over the holiday break, and we're really, really thankful for those. So if we could get some more of those coming in, that helps us to move up the charts so other people can find us as well. If you want to support us financially, you can go to Patreon. And the best way to do that is we have linked it through all of our social media accounts. There's a hyperlink in our bios or the about sections. You can click on that link tree, click on the Patreon button. It will take you straight to that. We have $5, $10, and $25 a month members, and that will help support the podcast and our families and help us to keep doing this, to keep sharing the Word of God, to keep sharing outdoor skills. Uh, It's the things that we love and we're passionate about, and we do need some help to keep sharing that. We have grown so, so much, and we're so thankful for the growth that we've had. It's unbelievable to look at how many downloads we've had and, and to think, oh my goodness, that many thousands of times people have sat down to listen to us talk? Right. It's incredible. We're so thankful for that. So we look forward to to keeping doing that. But that is going to be it for this episode of the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast. We will be back on Thursday with another episode. But as always, between now and our next episode, we hope that you find time to get outdoors. Thank you for listening to the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast, hosted by Brian Hoffmeyer and Ben Brandel. Please help us by subscribing. Also, follow along on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook.